0: Play action fake. Right side throw to Kansas City runs out! Kansas City wins the game! Hey, we're not done, dog. I want three. We gotta get three. Three. No one's ever got three.
1: Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Gig, season's over, but we have a Super Bowl winner, and it's the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we talked about this before, man. You can never rule out this team, even when they had that little stretch. Um, it's it just the legacy of Patrick Mahomes, but also the collapse of Kyle Shanahan in the San Francisco 49ers. So take that what you will. But what was your thoughts on this game, G? It,
0: so I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I woke up the Super Bowl Sunday, and really the only th- really thing I was looking forward to was the food, just because, I mean, it's – this Lions loss, I mean, yes, it's Heart three banking. weeks. It's three weeks old. Like, I, an average fan would tell me to get over it, and I can completely understand where they're coming from. But, like, 30-plus years of watching the Lions and you blow a 17-point lead to go to the Super Bowl, it's not It's not something I'm going to get over with that quickly. But with that being said, yeah, you know, it was uh, – a it was a weird game because that was obviously it's a super bowl. It's the NFL, even after times where the lions get screwed and I'm like, fuck this. I'm not watching football this week or next week. I end <laughs> up watching foot. I end up watching football. So it's just like it. I knew I was going to watch the super bowl, but I was more of looking forward to all the food that we were going to have. And, you know, maybe hitting some bets. Um, but yeah, I really wasn't engaged at first. I mean, to be fair, it was really just a defensive battle at first. And, You know, I kind of expected it um, with both teams probably going to look to try to establish the run and let their defenses, you know, kind of try to control the game. Um, I thought, you know, when we talked on the preview episode, I thought whoever uh, could, you know, establish the ground game, control the ball, keep, you know, the opposing offenses off the field, I thought would have a shot here. So, yeah, I mean, at first I was kind of bored and, you know, I wasn't really engaged. (laughs) I, I won't even lie to you, like. I was kind of doing stuff on the side, kind of looking up at every play, just, you know, still somewhat paying attention to it. But, you know, in the second half, that's where things started to pick up, obviously, a little bit more action, a little bit more um, things that happen. But yeah, I mean, what more can you say? But obviously that um, Patrick Mahomes is the next in line for. Uh, the franchise quarterback, the the greatest of all time. I think that this this win here cements his legacy as the best quarterback in the league right now. I, I think it's him and everybody else. I I don't think, you know, until Josh Allen and Joe Burrow win Super Bowls, you know, until Lamar Jackson wins Super Bowls, um, I, I think everybody else is behind him right now because, I mean, game on the line, two minutes to go at, at this point in the NFL, like. There's nobody I'd rather have than Patrick Mahomes, at quarterback.
1: 100%. I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, like, the legacy has just proven itself. And, you know, now he's only got to catch Brady by, what, four more? So – and he's got plenty of career ahead of him. So my thing is, is the whole thing with Andy Reid. If you keep him and Andy Reid around, they're going to be the favorites almost every year. Once that relationship kind of goes away, if Andy Reid goes elsewhere, you can – have that conversation but right now it's Kansas City Chiefs uh like I think they're the favorite to 3 Pete, I would say right now I mean how you how can you pick against them right now it's just it's it's difficult they got some difficult decisions coming up but I think the biggest thing with this game G, is the San Francisco 49ers like I thought that they would come in this game Kyle Shanahan hair on fire you know you've been here so many times like this is the time you get it done right and Mm-hmm. once again man it's just he just somehow chokes in one of the biggest games of his life and it's almost to the point is san francisco ever going to get it done because i mean they they had plenty of chances and even we you know kyle Shan back to the patriots days in uh you know atlanta that game but still man it's just i just i have a hard time feeling that kyle Shan's actually going to get this done and like i said my thoughts of this game first half was absolutely boring me and my wife are looking at each other. And we watched it at home this year. And she's like, this is honestly probably one of the worst games I've watched in a long time. And I really couldn't argue it. Like, there was nothing really exciting. It was a sloppy game. I mean, you got an NFL film. you got George Kittle saying hi, George, to George Carl Optus when there's a fumble on the ground. <laughs> like, did you end up seeing that? That was absolutely insane. And it's like some of the some of these fumbles and the way it happened it just looked it didn't look like these were two Super Bowl teams but then you said the second half picked up and then that's when it started to look fun and the the way I look at this man is it just it's tough to say but I don't know if San Fran's gonna be back there again because they they just have so much to prove for to hey you have to win this game it's almost like Michigan and the Ohio State like Michigan, you, you can say you're going to beat them, but you got to finally beat Ohio State to get it done. And it took so long, but we finally got there. It's just I don't know if we're ever going to get to the point where we're there. I, I just think Kyle Shanahan, this was with his best team that he had to win and the way that Kansas City was playing the whole year, even though their defense was kind of like picking it up. I just don't know if they're going to be able to get back there again in the next couple of years, geez. I, I don't know if that's how you feel at all. I know they're a dominant team, but – it really bugged me the fact that she, Kyle Shanahan didn't get this done Cause I had all faith and confidence in him that he would at least get somewhat close. They did get it close, but at the end of the day, they just they couldn't stop Patrick Mahomes once again.
0: Yeah, I think Kyle Shanahan is his own worst enemy. I think at some point during this game, and I think it was towards the end of the game that they stopped running the ball, and I think it was when they ended up I think it was an overtime, actually. And it, it was just setting up to be, you know, one of those overtime starts for them where they were just going to run the ball down their throat. And I think, you know, at, at some point during that drive, they were just getting clip after clip after clip. And, I mean, I'm going to just ru- run through the uh the uh, drive here. I mean, we're talking three-yard run, five-yard run, four-yard run, eight-yard run, six-yard run. I mean, they were getting chunked gains on the ground and you know you, you just went away from the run and especially after a six yard run you run for no gain and then you throw in a complete pass and it sets up the field goal but you know I do think that they have enough talent to get back and I think John Lynch is a good you know GM I just think Kyle Shanahan is his own worst enemy and I think it's almost like you know smartest man in the room syndrome where he just kind of outsmarts himself and I think you know we'll we'll talk about the overtime coin coin and flip decision later, in the episode here. But I, I just really think that they got away from their identity, and that their identity was Christian McCaffrey all year. I mean, he only accounted for two thousand scrimmage yards and twenty plus touchdowns all year. I don't think there was a there's a situation where you don't give him the ball, you know, too much. But at the same time, I don't think you can win a game with Debo and Brandon Ayuk and you know, George Kittle only accounting for what 80 plus 80 yards of yeah, exactly. receiving yards when you have Christian McCaffrey who got that by himself. So like, I, I don't know. I think the chiefs did a really good job defensively. Their their secondary was very good. Obviously their front seven's very good. Um, because as you know, as much as they were, they still, you know, 3.6 yards of carry for McCaffrey, I mean, I, I would say that's about average three yards, you know, but that's still going to get you a first down if you run the ball every, every four plays. So, I mean, I think they were doing enough uh, to stop or at least slow down the run, the 49ers running game. But I think what I really come off impressed with was how good, you know, Trent McDuffie and them in that secondary played on defense. I mean, they just looked really good. The Sneed, Snead, who's a free agent, Trent McDuffie. I mean, they played, they played very well. Leo Chanel, a, you know, I, th- I believe a rookie uh, playing linebacker, Nick Bolton, that that defense as a whole played very well. I thought the 49ers defense played very well up until, um, you know, the second half. Um, and then when they let Travis Kelsey run wild, but yeah, I mean, at, at this point, I do think that the 49ers, they just have too much talent to not get it done. But at the same <laughs> time, it is like, you know, you, you gotta start looking in the mirror if you're Kyle Shanahan. Cause I think this this one is definitely on him, uh, and uh, for the fact that they didn't, you know, just continue to run the ball, and continue to try to pound the pound the run game, control the clock, keep Mahomes off the field, and I don't know. I I also think that Brock Purdy didn't do quite enough. There was a couple of you know, third down plays. Very hesitant. Uh, yeah, where you know, I I think. A better quarterback probably recognizes a lot of the especially the blitz in overtime where it, it's clear as day that they're gonna bring pressure. It's a third and four situation, and it's a situation where actually I don't think it was overtime. I think it was the field goal prior to uh because if the 49ers had gotten a first down and kicked that field goal at the towards the end of regulation, they would have won that game. And it was that that drive. Um, because it was Trent McDuffie who came off the edge on a blitz and it was a third and five. And I yep, mean, it I was remember. pretty, pretty clear to me watching from home. And I'm not going to say, you know, I'm going to sit here and quarterback from the, from my couch or anything like that. But like, you know, I think he, if he recognizes that blitz gets the ball out quickly, I know I, you, I, I was open on a slant where that exactly where that blitz was coming from. Um, the outside guy was playing outside leverage. He had a quick slant tie you there for the first down. Um, so I mean that, that play right there, obviously a big turning point in the game. I, I just don't think Brock pretty Brock Purdy didn't play bad per se, but it just not good enough to win the super bowl. And especially against a, an elite defense, like the chiefs, they, they've been playing at an elite level the the entire game did the, the entire year. And I mean, I just don't think he did enough to get it done, and I look, I, I, I you know, I think more of that is on Kyle Shanahan because they didn't get the playmakers of the ball. I mean, you got somebody like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and uh, George Kittle, and they're not getting the ball enough.
1: No, hundred percent, I'm with you. And if you would have told me that Kansas City would have had five fumbles where they had that they, they just, you know, like I said. I would have thought, oh, you can't say fumbles five times against San Fran's defense. Oh, yeah, San Fran's going to win. You know what I mean? Oh, and Mahomes throws an interception? Yeah, there's no way they're going to win. But, dude, Kansas City, you hit it right on the head, jeez. Their defense, this is one of the best defenses that I've seen carry a team. And I know it is Patrick Mahomes. But this defense carried this team throughout the, the, the playoffs and everything because Steve Spagnola deserves a hell of, hell of a credit because – What he did with this defense, when Kansas City, they're known for their offense, just to have this team roll like this, he got an extension, I'm pretty sure, was it this week, based on that. And, I mean, there's nothing more to say than he did a fantastic job. You got players stepping up. I mean, Snead is going to get a big payday if it's not even with KC after this year. Trent McDuffie, one of the young corners in this league, turning to be one of the best, it seems like. And then you got Nick Bolton, who's just a heat-seeking missile up the middle, Along, like you said, with a couple guys like Carl Loftus, Chanel, and um, uh, Mike Dana from Michigan, too. even had a couple nice plays. So it's just like there's just a, a big collect- collection of Kansas City defensive players who I think that just kind of just made this run even more special for Kansas City because it's not like Patrick Mahomes had to go out and be, you know, a, a rock star. He just had to play his role in the defense carried him, which you don't really see that with these type of quarterbacks. So I think I thought that you know, was tri- pretty cool.
0: I wouldn't say that Mahomes, you know, was carried. I mean, Mahomes made a no, a he wasn't handful, carried, but his defensive plays on the ground. I, I I would say during the regular season we didn't see the typical Mahomes, but I mean that interception in the Super Bowl was the first one he had during all all of his playoff games. I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not the same Mahomes where they're here, they throwing the ball fifty <laughs> yards in the air yeah. to score touchdowns, but he's making those decisions and he's taking care of the ball. He's making elite plays. And yeah, I mean, there was, there was plays where he made on the, on the ground with his feet that won them the game. So yeah, it it's definitely, you know, this is definitely a different chiefs team than it was, you know, five years ago when they first played the Niners or however long it was. But yeah, I mean, the defense certainly did what they had to do. They played their part. They, they held the 49ers to, you know, field goals at key times in the game to keep them in the game. So, and like I said, you know, we both agree that if, if you give Mahomes time and you give him, I mean, shit, we see Mahomes with 13 seconds, go down and tie a game and send it in overtime. So, you know, it, you could very rarely give that man that much time, let alone the ball with the game on the line. We o- almost always know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to talk about the whole Kelsey and the yelling at Andy Reid, And I get that. But like I said, I, just, I think at the end of the day, man, this this the defense that Kansas City has, like there's players in this defense that you they just pop off the names, you know what I mean? And when you had defenses in the past with Casey, you had a couple guys like Chris Jones, you know, Houston back in the day. So it's like – but now it seems like there's a collective group of people who are just stepping up. And I, I think that's awesome for Spags because – like I said, well-deserved to, to get that going. But, I mean, you want to talk about defense, San Fran, too. San Fran had a pretty good game plan, too, defensively. I mean, you know, Fred Warner with 13 tackles, obviously, leading the charge there. But, you know, you got Jair Brown with 11. And Nick Bosa, six six tackles, four of them solo, two tackle for losses, three QB hits. Like, they were playing well, too. It's just at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the better team won because they were there and they have experience. And at the end of the day, like you said, Brock Purdy that was his first ever Super Bowl so you could tell who was there and who wasn't and who knows Brock Purdy might get there again it's very possible but Mahomes just looks so calm in the Super Bowl like like I said he just doesn't really it didn't seem like anything really phased him even though like I said, he had 66 rushing yards uh for for Mahomes that's a pretty impressive especially in the Super Bowl
0: yeah and I mean I think that goes along with why I think he's ultimately going to one day surpass Tom Brady is his ability to kind of make these plays happen out of nothing. The improvisation ability that Mahomes has, whether it's with his arm or with his feet. And I really do think that playing baseball has a a big part of it because he can make, he can make these throws. Yes. He can, you know, at any arm angle he can make, you know, a lot of these throws on different levels, back foot, set feet on the run across the body. And I mean, you, you see it with like Stafford who I knew put, who I know played baseball. Uh, I, I do really think that if you don't know, have a baseball background that it can go a long way. And you you can definitely see it with Mahomes and his arm angles and the way that he can throw pretty much wherever he can, wherever he can get his feet under him. You know, he can make a pretty accurate throw, but I mean, yeah, the dude's just different.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this too, G's. We always talk about, you know, hey, they need that number one receiver. It's like, dude, he just won another Super Bowl without a number one receiver other than Kelsey. Even though Rasheed Rice had a pretty good year, um, you know, I did. there was really a, never a number one other than Kelsey. We mentioned this plenty of times before. And for him to get the job done, you know, even with that, it's honestly just crazy because, it, like I said, the, the, usually the good teams and the best teams, they have that guy they go to, which, they, don't get me wrong, it is Kelsey. But there's always that receiver there that are right with them, you know. But you give this team a receiver to go next year to go three-peat, say a T. Higgins or just something that caliber, Um, even throw Mike Evans on there for a year just to see what happens. I mean, I would love to see it because, like I said, I, I think Rasheed Rice is going to be a, a baller next year as well. And Pacheco, I mean, I've turned more to a Pacheco fan day by day after just watching this guy run and the way he carries himself. Like, I really like the Kansas City Chiefs moving forward, not because of Patrick Mahomes, but just because of the role players that they have too.
0: Yeah, and you got to give a lot of credit to their front office, you know, finding these guys. Um, You know, Pacheco, I think, was a seventh-round pick. I know uh, Rasheed Rice was in the second round. Uh, Just, you know, kind of finding guys that will help make, you know, plays for them uh, regardless if they, you know, haven't really hit on their – you know, first round pick every now and then. But I mean, Carl Loftus is a big part of that. I mean, Trent McDuffie, I mean, their front office is elite and, you know, that, that can't go be, that can't go without being said. But yeah, a lot of it does, you know, come back to just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes here, but um, more, a little bit more about the game here, Helzer, Uh, you know, let's talk about some turning points. I think we can, you know, kind of identify maybe, you know, three, four plays in the game where. You know, this is kind of where the, the game turned its side, you know, turned around for a team or, you know, picked up for a team there. So I, I think we could kind of both agree on one specific play here uh, that happened in the second half. And um, was there anything specifically to you that, you know, kind of turned uh, was a turning point in this game or was, you know, that one big play that stood out uh, for. Uh, either the Chiefs or the 49ers here.
1: It was that fumble off the foot for me, man. Like yeah. I said, yeah. and that that right there just kind of it took it like it almost felt like the lions and the 49ers where your heart just got ripped out if you were a 49ers fan because that is like just the one thing that you couldn't have happen, and it happened <laughs> like mm-hmm. that was just the one that was just too much and like i said they fumbled the ball 5 times Kansas city so for that them five fumbles compared to that one fumble i i would argue that that one fumble cost that san fran that game more than the five fumbles Casey had
0: yeah and uh, that's probably the, the uh, play that uh, I'll point to it's probably the play everybody'll point to that was just really the turning point uh, of the game right there I mean it wasn't right away in the third quarter but I mean I mean the, the Chiefs open up halftime and they throw a pick and it's just like man this this isn't this isn't going to end well and I won't lie to you like I was I was like man if if San Francisco wins this fucking game I'm going to be so upset for the for a quite quite some time and so yeah by the end of the third quarter fourth quarter i was out I, I wouldn't i'm not gonna lie to you i was definitely like all right chiefs let's get let's get this shit figured out because yeah. i do not want to see the 49ers win this game after we just blew a 17 point lead to these guys two weeks ago and they've been playing they've been hanging on by a thread barely beating the packers barely beating the lions and it's just like all right but anyways yes i i think you know you it could have been that interception had this fumble not taken place. And I mean, just set him up in prime real estate. And one play later, we're talking MVS for a touchdown. Uh that uh gave him the lead. But, you know, 49ers to their credit were able to answer. I mean, they guy they drove the ball right down the field, scored again, uh, with uh Brock Purdy hitting Juwan Jennings. And I just want to know how many people uh took the special for a non quarterback to throw uh, away. <laughs> I do it throw coming. a pass because I mean, uh, the, the one time where I don't bet it and it fucking happens, man, I know it's kind of sick. Every but
1: week we would bet it until the one, it happened. Oh my God.
0: It hundred percent. But yeah. Uh, I mean, Juwan Jennings, I, I know he was probably a big, uh, a big guy if you had him in DFS, uh, obviously throwing for a touchdown and scoring the touchdown. But I mean, like I said, to, to uh 49ers credit, they, they did answer and they did bounce back, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of it has to do, has to do with Kyle Shanahan and, and he's his own worst enemy at some points. And and it's unfortunate that he, he, he's part of the three largest blown leads in super bowl history. I mean, 10 points it's tied for second and it wasn't in the fourth quarter. And I mean, they didn't blow a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter, like the last time, but I mean, they were up double digits and they, they lost. And I mean, it's kind of been the mantra of Kyle Shanahan is losing these big games, whether it's a, whether it is a Super Bowl or an NFC title game.
1: It don't matter what team he's coaching or what it is, it's he always falls up short. And it's it, it's 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 sad, but at the same time it's just like, dude, man, you gotta get it done. And was what, what about this one, Jesus? This is what I want to talk about. What about the first drive of the game with a fumble by McCaffrey? The kind of the momentum, everything going on um did what would you see with that there too because like I said Carl Loftus got it that was the play where Kittle said hi George at that NFL films but I I just think to to come out in a Super Bowl and fumble on the first the first drive it's just not I feel like this momentum coming right off you I, I couldn't imagine being a big game in the first drive that you know something happens you, you got to regroup, you know, maybe that does help. That does come into a factor because like I said, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, you know, being the backs against the wall. You can't give Kansas city any hope in that regard. And it seemed like the drive was going pretty well too for him until that happened.
0: I mean, it was, but I give credit to the 49ers for holding the chiefs to a three and out the next drive. So, I mean, yeah. you know, like I said, I think the 49ers had answers for most of what the chiefs did is at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't, you got to put the chiefs away. And I think they had their opportunities <laughs> yes. and they just couldn't execute or, you know, they didn't finish drives and, you know, when you miss an extra point um, or, you know, an extra point gets blocked on one of your touchdowns and, you know, that ends up costing you the game. And so, I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's tough, you know, if you're a 49ers fan, I don't really sympathize with you because you beat my lions, but at the end of the day it's a tough loss and because you had a 10 point lead and especially where it seemed like you had the game in control where you know you're it's a i believe it was a tie game at that point and you know you have the ball with about three minutes four minutes left and it's kind of like four minute drive territory where you know hey we gotta you gotta start milking the clock here we gotta try to play for this last possession because we don't want to give the ball back to Mahomes. because if you give the ball back to Mahomes. Odds are he's going to go down and score to win the game, which I thought that was going to be the, the, uh, what was going to happen when Kelsey caught that long pass at the right to set him up right there at the 10 yard line. But, you know, they just didn't execute. They didn't take advantage of some of the plays that, you know, that they did make. But I mean, for the most part, I thought their defense played well and, you know, I, it, at the end of the day, it was a very good Super Bowl. At the you know, I thought the second half really picked up, and you know, obviously only the second Super Bowl in NFL history to go into overtime. So to me, you know, I, I did think that at one point it was, uh, you know, boring. It was borderline like Patriots Rams a couple years ago where first it was half 10-3 for sure yes, and but then you know it started to pick up. But I mean that's what you're gonna get when two great teams play each other have great defenses. You know, it's it's not gonna be a shootout. So yeah but i guess helzer we talked a lot about uh regular uh the uh the game in uh the regular time here let's talk about the overtime because obviously the big uh discussion
1: we hit the bet too um but five to win I mean, 62 but it worked we we, we had it we yeah. had a gamble and it worked boys
0: you definitely hit the bet there <laughs> and um but we got to talk about the decision obviously the new yes overtime rules in play here where both teams, regardless at the first team scores a touchdown, uh, I guess we can thank Josh Allen and the bills for this one. But, um, I, I mean, I, I've always liked the way college has handled overtime and, you know, get rid of the kickoffs, just have them start at the 25 and just kind of go until somebody says I give up or, you know, until somebody gets a stop. But anyways, 49ers decide to take the ball first. Um, in overtime with the new rules, regardless of, you know, both teams are going to get a shot, even if they score a touchdown. Um, You know, the thinking on Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers part is that, you know, hey, Patrick Mahomes is going to score regardless of what happens. So why don't we get the ball first? See if we can't score. If the Chiefs score a touchdown, then, hey, all we need is a field goal to win the game. So I get the thinking. But at the same time, like the Chiefs are, were more prepared for this situation because it, it obviously, you know, everything started to come out at the end of the game that, you know, the Chiefs had been talking about this like the entire season leading up to this point that, you know, if we get into a situation where uh, it's overtime in the playoffs, you know, they're they're going to want to, you know, they're going to want to kick first because they want the ball second uh, because it's somehow
1: decisions will change you know, usually.
0: It, well, it, well, this is, this is going to be their thinking, you know, if they score a touchdown, that team gets the ball first, scores a touchdown, we get the ball. We know we have to score a touchdown. We're going for two to win the game. Like it, it's, we're not going to leave it up to you guys, you know, to get that third possession. Like, you know, if we get the ball second, we're going to go down and score and go for two. And I, I thought it was interesting here on local radio on 97 one, kind of what what Dan Campbell would have done in that situation. And (laughs) I'm, I'm in, I'm in the same boat that, yeah, I think that they would have, they would have wanted the 49ers or the chiefs to get the ball first. And because they were going to be like, okay, you know, if we hold in the three, all we need to touchdown, if they score and kick the extra point, we get a touchdown. We're going for two to win the game. I just think that's the mentality. Yeah. The numbers, the analytics and everything. So, you know, I get, Where Kyle Shanahan is coming from But at the end of the day I don't think You were going to get the ball a second time in overtime Because they were going to go for two Regardless if you know if Even if you guys scored a touchdown So I just thought it was interesting you know To see the kind of the two dynamics of where it, It sounded like the 49ers Didn't even understand the rule change And the Chiefs had a plan Since you know training camp When the rule was established And you know they had an analytics guy Basically explaining them every week like listen hey we're in this situation. This is what we're going to do. And the 49ers played right into the chief's hand
1: Wow, how I, I'm interested out. to
0: hear your thoughts about it. <laughs> yeah. And
1: I, I don't know if I can answer that part more. Cause like I said, I agree with everything that you said. I mean, I, I think that is the proper way to go about it. Cause I think personnel can change too, based on the fact if you have to score. But the thing is, is what was your thoughts on when the game ended? If it was tied, it would go back into another overtime. Like cuz if my thing with that is is yeah you could have that but wouldn't it be just more exciting to go to college overtime and not have time to be a factor at all like what's the point even well, having a time in yeah, overtime
0: it's it's confusing to everybody watching at home cuz yeah i mean because the chiefs had, you know it looked like the chiefs only had 10 seconds or so <laughs> to win the game like none of that mattered like i don't understand why there's a time I guess it's only, you know, to signify the first quarter of overtime. There's legitimately no quarters. Like I, I don't understand it. Believe right. me. I don't get I don't get why they just throw another 15 on the clock because it confuses the hell out of everybody. And it's it's overtime. It's literally this team's gonna get a possession, this team's gonna get a possession. If we're tied after two, next score wins, like yeah, why do we have time on the clock? I don't fucking know because you're confusing the average fan when you do that. And I guarantee that there was people tuning in because of Taylor Swift, because of (laughs) Travis Kelsey and the chiefs that were like, what the fuck are they doing? Why don't they call a timeout? Why don't they hurry up? And it's just like, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to still have the ball regardless if that clock hits zero. They're going to throw another 15 on it. So yeah, I don't get it. I've always been a big proponent of the college football and, but, you know, the NFL wants to be different, I'm sure, than college football. And even though I think it's it's the more just it's the exciting, more
1: exciting, dude. I mean, we exciting.
0: love it. It's it, it just makes a lot more sense for overtime, in my opinion. But, you know, the NFL wants to be the NFL and whatever the hell they want to do. But, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like you're confusing people more than anything.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. So, I mean, I do agree with the fact though, like you said, I would want the ball second. Um. But you kind of know what's going on and everything that mm-hmm. you laid out. But I guess the one thing is, is, you know, setting the tone, you know, might be a thing too for the Super Bowl, but it depends who you're playing. If you're playing Mahomes, um, I don't think you want to go first. You know, I think you – I kind of want to put the pressure on Mahomes right away because, uh, you know, we've seen what San Francisco has done with, you know, their defense and their offense throughout the whole season. But if Mahomes scores, it's like you said, you know, okay, well – we're not going to really beat this guy hand-in-hand. Hand. So if we do score, we're going to go for two because, you know, this is the greatest quarterback in our league right now. So you would take that to your advantage and say, yeah, we're going to go for two if we score. So that's where I'm like, you know, I would kind of want Mahomes to get the ball first, I feel like, if I was San Fran.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a numbers game, really. just It's really interesting topic, though. It
1: is because it's like it, there's it so is. many different ways you could go about it. But me, I just... I love knowing what I have to do. I don't like being mm-hmm. the one to go out there, uh, get a game plan done, and then having the team respond and think of a game plan to, to, to counteract me and one-up me, as you will, if they do score. I'm, I'm just not a fan of that.
0: 100%. I think it's a different situation of taking the ball to start the game rather than in overtime, like you said you know, I'm sure a hundred times out of a hundred, I'll take the ball, set the tone to start the game, but in overtime. Yeah. I want to see if our defense holds in the three, then all we need is to play for a touchdown. And at worst, you know, we settle for a field goal, but at the same time, you kind of want to go get that touchdown and end the game. So, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting topic just considering, you know, what was at stake, obviously a championship and kind of, uh, each team's reasoning behind it and, sounding like you know it sounded like you know the 49ers were on this end of the spectrum and the Chiefs were on that end of the spectrum of it
1: yeah no absolutely too. 47 points scored this game as well too same as the college football uh championship too I thought that was kind of kind of interesting as well that
0: is interesting
1: but yeah I mean this, it was a good Super Bowl like I said first half was terribly boring like I said my wife even was like this she knew it was boring um but I, I, I just, I love the fact that we got the overtime. Even though there is the, you know, discrepancies of everything, um, having overtime in a Super Bowl, I think, is just awesome. Uh, like I said, extra time. I uh, yeah, get it. People on the squares might have been a little confused, though, if they got the fourth quarter and then the overtime. I could definitely see that. I didn't even think about that till now. But yeah. I'm that's sure that, that brought up that, oh, I hit the fourth quarter. How come I didn't win? You know, oh, well, it's final score, the overtime. It's like, yeah, mm-hmm. good luck organizing that. But no, honestly, like I said, I, I love, I love that KC did win this because it, I there's no better story than the three-peat, uh, and it's really just taking down the three-peat. It's not the three-peat. It's, to be the team to take down the three-peat is going to be – everybody's going to be looking forward to it, and they're they're rightfully so going to be one of the favorites, especially if they keep Reed, Kelsey, Mahomes together. You know, you got Spags back in the D coordinator spot. They're going to get a weapon, I'm assuming, in free agency, um, depending on what that is. Um, like I said, I don't know if they're going to be able to re-sign Snead or what they're going to do with Chris Jones. But like I said, they're going to be there. They're going to be in the playoffs next year. And if they get in the playoffs, they're a threat to win the Super Bowl. Shit. But no, honestly, thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Like I said, this is uh it's been a long time coming. Um, Like I said, this is the last one we have G. So is there any special words before we go on to our off season program here? In the-
0: I mean, I just appreciate everybody listening. Um, and for me, it was a historic year, just being an Alliance fan. And, you know, obviously we don't get these uh, type of seasons every uh, every year, so you know I appreciate the run, and hopefully it's just the beginning. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure we'll have a we'll have a dedicated season or a dedicated episode to review the Lion season, talk a little bit more about that in detail, because obviously we're located here in Michigan, and uh, but no, you know, other than the injuries of some of the star quarterbacks and some of the big names, you know, I thought it was a pretty pretty good year so hopefully next year uh we can uh we can get a little bit more healthy and stay a little bit healthier but overall I had a ton of fun putting out episodes you know putting out a uh some content for the people. So again, we just appreciate everybody that listens.
1: Yeah. And hopefully you guys hit some of our bets too. We did pretty good on betting this year, actually too. Hopefully that could roll over next year, but uh, yeah, like I said, the bets were coming and uh, yeah, like I said, great season G and what a way to start the pod. I mean, first year, pretty much going back to where we were going for before from up in the booth, but Man, for the Lions to do what they did this year, it was a special moment. And they, just even the intros, making the intros and all this, man, there was just so much activity. There was the, the Baltimore Ravens blowing us out, then us just beating the Kansas City Chiefs week one, setting the tone. There it, it, it was just so much going on this season where it just felt like a like a fairy tale ending was possibly going to happen. But San Fran had to ruin our dreams. But like I said, it's... It's those moments where it's like, okay, now I think we're, we belong here for the next couple of years. And until those difficult decisions are going to be made, I think we're going to be fine for the next couple of years. Uh, like I said, love you guys. And uh, thank you guys for listening and tuning us in every week.